0: Welcome to Pricing After Dark, the podcast in which an economist answers pricing questions from business owners, product managers, and freelancers just like you. Today's question is as follows. I'm a freelancer, and I just received a relatively small request. It will take me around 10 minutes to address it. Should I ask for payment or just perform the work for free? This is a great question, and it shares the same answer as every other great question. It depends. As a general rule of thumb, if you're delivering value to a customer, you should probably expect to receive something in return. Author Harlan Ellison made that point quite clear in his famous rage-induced and profanity-laden rant, Pay the Writer. I agree with much of his argument, but it's important to note that payment can take many forms. Here are three of the most common. Money. The traditional focus of accountants, MBAs, and yes, even many economists trust, a measure of faith on the part of an individual customer, and reputation, a potentially valuable commodity that has been tainted by insincere offers from cheapskates and hucksters. As Harlan Ellison was quick to point out, value received in any form other than cold, hard cash is only worthwhile if it can be converted to cold, hard cash. The occasional bit of work without remuneration may seem like no big deal to you, But over time, it can lead to financial death by a thousand cuts. Let's take a look at a few questions that you might want to ask yourself before performing a small task for free. Does the effort heuristic apply? The human mind makes use of many mental shortcuts when determining how much something is worth. One that is particularly important in this context is known as the effort heuristic. Customers tend to believe that the price that they should pay should be commensurate with the perceived level of effort a task requires. Does this make logical sense? Of course not. Nevertheless, it factors into shoppers' decision-making processes. Did a customer request a referral for an expert in another field? Did a client request a change of color for his logo? Did a patron ask for a salad dressing on the side? These are all examples of cases in which additional work is required of the vendor but that work is expected by the buyer to be free, because it is so easy. Unless vendors are able to convince buyers that seemingly small tasks are actually quite effort-intensive, they'll likely be unable to charge much for such actions. Is the work administrivia? As a general rule, administrivia that is not aligned with the primary value being created cannot, and should not, be billed. Imagine that a client needs to change his billing address. Charging for such an action would leave a terrible taste in the customer's mouth. As a project manager, I didn't feel guilty charging for administrivia because writing up reports and collecting data from staff members was literally the job for which I had been hired. That said, in most cases, administrivia has another name. Overhead. Overhead costs should be estimated ahead of time and invisibly factored into a firm's normal rate structure. Yes, overhead work has a cost, but no, the cost need not be blatantly pointed out. No one feels comfortable with firms that appear to be nickel and diming them. If you discover that much of your time is being taken up by administrivia, you may need to either reevaluate the importance of the individual tasks, automate their execution, or change your workflow. Will the work create a desirable beachhead? The easiest client to sell is the one who has been pleased with your work in the past. Those who aren't familiar with your capabilities and who lack trust in your work are great candidates for small bits of free work. The key here is small. The world is full of cheapskates who are happy to take advantage of your generosity. The work should be highly limited in scope, naturally lead to additional work, and not be a complete solution to a customer's pain point. Many businesses use the concept of a free consultation in this way although the exact nature of this offering may fluctuate on the spectrum between pure sales pitch and pure consultative meeting. Ideally, this bit of free value delivery can be created once and then reused ad infinitum. Early readers of my blog may remember when I released the automated pricing advice robot. I haven't even looked back at it in years, but it's a bit of free work that required a small fixed cost, but continuously offers value to my visitors. Because it was built once and made available to everyone at the same time, the average cost per use continues to drop closer and closer to zero as time goes on. Has the customer been trained? One of the key failings of many businesses, large and small, is in the area of managing expectations. When expectations are not properly managed, customers may expect that you won't just go the extra mile, but that you'll go the extra light year. The better you've trained your customers to understand that your output isn't free, the more easily you'll be able to charge them for your work. New clients are often the easiest to train. You can set expectations early and your clients' minds will be blank slates when it comes to your work and your billing methodology. Existing clients will present more of a challenge when it comes to training. You may have to wean them off their expectations of free services by effecting gradual changes over time sudden shocks to your workflow may prove overly jarring due to their internal Overton windows and expectations of normalcy. Are you in relationship debt? We all like to envision ourselves as professionals who don't make mistakes. That said, mistakes can and do happen. Maybe you took longer on a project than you had promised. Maybe the software you had written contained an embarrassing defect. Maybe you tracked a bit of mud into a customer's office. Whether the fault is yours or only appears as such, you may find yourself in relationship debt. The greater the level of debt, the less likely your customers will be to sing your praises and funnel work to you. Going out of your way to comp some work may serve as a partial means of repairing the damage. Doing so will not only help make up for financial costs of your shortcomings, but also serve to demonstrate an alignment of incentives a true sign that you care about the level of value that your customers receive. It's important to note that promises and guarantees signaling your willingness to address problems before any work has been performed and any relationship debt accrued often cost little to offer but prove quite valuable to potential customers who are weary of taking on additional risk. Is the client desirable? Let's face it, some clients are more of a pain than others. If such a client needs your skills, you shouldn't hesitate to charge them for each and every interaction. In fact, you should probably be charging them at a rate above and beyond what you typically charge. Doing so will provide your business with one of two possible positive outcomes. 1. If your demands for payment are met, you'll not only receive additional money, but gain insight into customers' willingness to pay for your services. 2. If your demands for payment are not met, you'll lose a customer that you didn't want anyway. Does the client often ask for little jobs? If a long-term and desirable client asks you for a single favor, why not help him out? A loyal client may presume that he's earned it, and likely he has. If you're running with margins that are so tight that you can't afford to provide a freebie now and again, you may need to start charging higher rates. That said, the performance of unpaid work should be the exception rather than the rule. This fact should be made clear both at the time of service and on the invoice for services rendered. No customer will ever become upset when he looks at his invoice and sees small task, zero dollars charged. Such an explicit itemization can serve as an important reminder that value was received at no cost to your customer. In other words, the customer will owe you a bit of reciprocity in return. Is there an opportunity cost? Sometimes it isn't so much a question of the time required to perform a task so much as the time of day required to perform a task. When engaging in work that would prevent you from earning money elsewhere, you probably should be charging for your efforts. Can you gain valuable insights while performing the work? I witnessed an amazing bit of salesmanship recently. A consultant contacted a company and offered to perform a few hours of data analysis for free in the guise of a road mapping experiment. Did he make a terrible mistake? Had he wrongly offered to give away too much value in exchange for an indeterminate chance of future paid work? Of course not. In fact, his actions were nothing short of brilliant. His analysis necessitated that he be granted permission to view a large quantity of proprietary and relatively secret data. Not only could the consultant use this information he gathered to improve his pitch to the company at hand, but he could also use it to draw conclusions that could then be sold to other firms in the industry without sharing specifics of the data itself, of course. The few hours of work he offered might well have been worth millions of dollars to him. And best of all, his customer felt like he was the one coming out ahead. Why would he, or any vendor for that matter, put such an opportunity at risk by demanding a relatively small and insignificant fee. Is the person you're speaking with spending his own money? Economist Milton Friedman presented a model that I expanded upon in my book Premium for how careful people are when spending money. You can hear him describe it all over the web, but for our purposes, his essential message is this. When the person you're dealing with isn't spending his own money, he'll be less likely to demand free services. Always know if the decision maker is a company owner or a company staff member. Does the work provide a high degree of perceived value to the client? If the client understands that the output of your efforts is valuable, he'll be more willing to pay for your work. Imagine a software engineer who has the know-how to quickly restart a stopped assembly line. A work stoppage on the factory floor could easily cost the owner Hundreds of thousands of dollars per hour. Not only could an engineer charge a high price for a quick fix, but the owner would be happy to pay for it. Is the charge customary and expected in this industry? If people expect to pay and are willing to pay for a service, why not let them pay? You'll probably face little resistance in such cases, but depending upon the details of your situation, it might not be beneficial to not request payment at all. In a previous article, Pricing Matters, The Smoking Gun, I examined one business that reduced a very customary yet nominal fee. The result was instantaneous differentiation and a greater opportunity to sell complementary goods. Whether you should charge for small tasks is contextual. As I pointed out from the start, whether you can and should charge for small bits of work depends upon your individual circumstances. Some will argue that the question is unfair and potentially moot they will say that true professionals shouldn't be billing for their time in the first place. True professionals should be billing for outcomes instead. It's true that many firms are, rightly or wrongly, attempting to move in that direction, but value-based pricing shouldn't be seen as a one-size-fits-all solution. As I pointed out in my article Stop Badmouthing Hourly Pricing, sometimes charging by time can and does make sense. In any case, whether the poser of this month's question should be using retainers, value pricing, or another system entirely is yet another topic to be explored. Perhaps it's one that we'll revisit in a future issue of this very podcast. Thanks for listening to Pricing After Dark. If you'd like to learn more about pricing, monetization, and how your business can improve its profits, head over to my website at taprun.com. You can subscribe to my free email course, read through my writings, and even contact me for a consult.